Hi everybody, welcome back to Salted Hash. My name is Steve Reagan, I'm joined by Wendy Nathan. We're gonna talk about zero trust. Do you trust us? Well, we trust you. And I'm trusting that you'll be right back. Welcome back. As I said, my name is Steve Reagan, senior staff writer at CSO Online, and this is Salted Hash. All this week, I'm at the RSA conference in San Francisco. This is, uh, well, I'm going to be honest, I forgot what day this is. I think I said that earlier in another video, too. And the fact is, I've just been going nonstop. But Wendy here, Wendy Nather, has just gotten done giving a talk about zero trust. Now, I'm going to trust you to tell me about zero trust. You know, you really shouldn't. All right, well, this video is starting off quite well, so I'm going to hope that I can... No, I'm just kidding. Tell me what it is. It, it seems like this kind of... The, the concept of zero trust has been around for a while, but the, the terminology and the, the hype behind it, people talking, it's only here been recently. So give me your take on it. What does it mean for an organization, and how do they know if they're actually ready for that kind of a model? Well, first of all, let, let's go back to about 2003-ish when the Jericho Forum, a bunch of um, financial services CISOs in, who got together in the UK, started talking about the fact that we really should not trust anything just because it's inside the perimeter. And uh, so they um, proposed a collaboration type architecture. Uh, and I remember at the time as a CISO, you know, reading about that and going, well, that sounds great, but how in the world would you do that? Um, in around 2009, John Kindervog, when he was an analyst at Forrester, coined the term zero trust and started talking about how you might implement that, uh, you know, according to his model uh, within the enterprise. And about six or seven years later, uh, Google had figured out how to implement this model inside of their um, organization, and they started issuing white papers and doing talks about how they implemented it and they called their model Beyond Corp. So especially when Google sat up and said this is how we did it, people started thinking maybe this is within reach uh, of, of our organization as well and it's just gathered steam from there and so now you'll hear alternatively zero trust, you might hear a little um, software defined perimeter sprinkled in there, you, you will hear Beyond Corp and all sorts of other different ways of describing the same thing which again is don't trust something just because it's inside of your classic network perimeter. But what that actually means and how you implement it is all over the map. And at RSA, we are seeing a lot of companies that are, yeah. you know, <clears throat> using these terms. So you might even say that zero trust is the new cloud because everybody's going to be arguing about, oh, that's not real cloud. Yes, that's real cloud. That's not zero trust. Yes, that's a zero trust printer. No, it's not. So um, I think we're going to see a lot more confusion before we see things really I'm imagining. Coalesce. I'm imagining someone behind the booth talking about, I have a zero trust printer and a zero trust kitten. Do you want to see the zero <laughs> trust right. kitten? Watch out, it bites. Yeah. So when it, when it comes, I mean, and you actually hit on a point I wanted to, to raise with you, the fact that when you walk the halls and you see some of the vendors on the floor, they're talking about zero trust as if they've had it all along, when in reality, I don't think it's that they've had it all along. I think they've had small components here and there, but the actual bigger picture. What does an organization need to do to really put themselves into the mindset of you know, not trusting it just because it's on the network? How do they balance that out with actually 
using what's on the network inside the perimeter? Well, that, that's a really good question. I mean, Google had their way of doing it. And at Duo, we worked out a way to put this within reach of even smaller organizations that are cloud first now, where it makes a lot of sense. Things are not inside their perimeter. They don't have one. Uh, a lot of them don't have data centers. So it may be possible for them to go straight to this sort of model. Um, but how do you put it together yourself? What components you know, d does it take? And uh, again, you're going to see a different answers based on whether you believe that this should really be done at the application layer or whether um, you, you want a more network-centric model. Why not both? Uh, that's a good question because more security is always better, right? Yeah. Um, I think the idea here is not to get rid of the firewall, not to get rid of the the, what you called the perimeter. Uh, just start raising the security of the inside of your network until it looks more like the outside and be more consistent in how you authenticate users, um, how you make authorization and access decisions based on what you know about the devices they're using right now and a lot of other things including, including um, you know, user behavior and things like that. I was just leading a peer-to-peer -peer session where I was gathering that input from people, what they believed was necessary to build a zero trust model. So <clears throat> obviously without naming names or giving too much away from the session, what were some of the concerns that they were expressing or talking about? Uh, well, part of it again is that it, it's not always clear where you start. And that's one thing that I did ask them in the session. You know, for those of you who believe you're already doing this sort of model, where did you start and what would you recommend? And the first thing is generally um, consistent authentication of the users, so both inside and outside. So they say, if you're not already federating identity and authentication, uh, you should start doing that. Uh, of course, we would say add multi-factor authentication to that. Make sure you're really sure which users are accessing your application. So that's step one. Uh, the next thing that a lot of them were very excited about is the idea of knowing what devices are accessing the applications. You can have what you think is a BYOD policy, but are you sure? How are you enforcing it? And in fact, there are a lot of customers who start uh, down this road and they find that they thought they were forbidding personal owned devices from accessing applications, but when they got down to it and looked, they saw that there were you know, two or three times the number of devices accessing their applications. So if you can start controlling that, you're already reducing your attack surface from what it was before. Excellent, excellent. So I guess to, to, to kind of wrap this up, when it, when it comes to considering this model, what are your first thoughts or advice you would give to someone who's, who's basically been dumped into the pool out there and they've heard this term all week long and they're going back and they have to report. So what's your advice to them? Just because they've been walking the floor and heard zero trust, are they ready for it? Uh, that's a good question. Some may not feel as though they're ready for it. Some may listen to the concepts and, and look at the components and go, oh, we're already doing half of this. For example, if you already have a reverse proxy in place and you're channeling all of your external traffic into your internal apps through there and you've got controls on that, that's part of the way there. Um, so I think the, the, um, the takeaway that I would give to listeners is um, look at all the different descriptions of it, figure out what it means to them, but always go back to the very basic premise, which is 
treat all of your users and their devices consistently regardless of where they are and regardless of where the application is. If you want to learn more about Zero Trust, check us out at CSOonline.com where we'll be following this topic quite heavily over the next couple of months. And uh, of course, Duo has some thoughts on this. Where can they find information? Yes, at duo.com. Uh, just start right there and uh, you can learn a lot about our vision of this type of model. See the, the look of momentary panic because she had no idea I was going to have her plug that stuff. Yeah. But thanks for hanging out with us. This has been Salted Hash and we'll see you next time.